Hello and welcome back. It's so good to have you. <laughs> All right. We're getting on to chapter two of the power of your subconscious mind. I won't hold us up. Let's get to getting. It's great that you're here. Welcome back. Chapter 2, How Our Mind Works You have a mind, and you should learn how to use it. There are two levels of your mind, the conscious or rational level, and the subconscious or irrational level. You think with your conscious mind, and whatever you habitually think sinks down into your subconscious mind which creates according to the nature of your thoughts. Your subconscious mind is the seat of your emotions and is the creative mind. If you think good, good will follow. If you think evil, evil will follow. This is the way your mind works. The main point to remember is once the subconscious mind accepts an idea, it begins to execute it. It is an interesting and subtle truth that the law of the subconscious mind works for good and bad ideas alike. This law, when applied in a negative way, is the cause of failure, frustration, and unhappiness. However, when your habitual thinking is harmonious and constructive, you experience perfect health, success, and prosperity. Really setting us up there, Joe. Peace of mind and a healthy body are inevitable when you begin to think and feel in the right way. Whatever you claim mentally and feel as true, your subconscious mind will accept and bring forth into your experience. The only thing necessary for you to do is to get your subconscious mind to accept your idea, and the law of your subconscious mind will bring forth the health, peace, or the position you desire. You give the command or decree, and your subconscious will faithfully reproduce the idea impressed upon it. The law of your mind is this. You will get a reaction or a response from your subconscious mind according to the nature of the thought or idea you hold in your conscious mind. I mean, there it is. That is the basis of it. What do you spend time thinking about? That's what you're spending time on. And I like that term, spending time. You are spending it. You are spending it by paying attention. Okay. Psychologists and psychiatrists point out that when thoughts are conveyed to your subconscious mind, impressions are made in the brain cells. You know, the neurons, they, they start firing and wiring together as thoughts are thought and rethought. Right, because I'm a doctor. Yeah. Anyway, as soon as your subconscious accepts any idea, it proceeds to put it into effect immediately. It works by association of ideas and uses every bit of knowledge that you have gathered in your lifetime to bring about its purpose. It draws on the infinite power, energy, and wisdom within you. It lines up all the laws of nature to get its way. Sometimes it seems to bring about an immediate solution to your difficulties, but at other times it may take days, weeks, or longer. Its ways are past finding out. That is an interesting take, though, on all of this, to come at it with the baseline thinking that, okay, hey, what I think becomes a part of my living physical existence. 
So no matter how long it takes, it always works. What does that mean? And again, if I am uh, thinking rightly, is it working the way I'd like it to? If I'm getting a response back from the universe that is less than optimal, well, how can I change my thinking? <laughs> but this is why I'm doing this, because I find this <laughs> endlessly fascinating. So welcome to my noises and me reading through this book. Conscious and subconscious terms differentiated. You must remember that these are not two minds. They are merely two spheres of activity within one mind. Your conscious mind is the reasoning mind. It is that phase of mind which chooses. For example, you choose your books, you choose your home, you choose your partner in life. You make all your decisions with your conscious mind. On the other hand, without any conscious choice on your part, your heart is kept functioning automatically, and the process of digestion, circulation, and breathing are carried on by your subconscious mind through processes independent of your conscious control. And hey, you know, even to boost the um, heft that the subconscious has in what we are exploring here with Mr. Murphy, uh, I, I recall on several occasions, and, you know, I, I will, I'll look for it. I don't know if I'll be able to find it. I'm sure I'll be able to find it. It's the internet. But uh, the um, scientists did studies where uh, human beings were tested to see if they were going to make a decision with their conscious or unconscious mind. And as it turns out, their body responded as if they had already made the decision sometimes significant amounts of milliseconds before the conscious mind came to that conclusion. So, I mean, basic stuff like, are you going to press the furry button or are you going to press the scratchy button? Uh, and the body would react in a way as if the decision had already been made and executed, even though uh, it hadn't. So, subconscious mind, powerful. Oh, man, uh, seven seconds. I just checked. Uh, I guess it'll be in the show notes. But, wow, okay. Subconscious mind. So, I mean, you do make your decisions with your conscious mind. However, it seems as if your subconscious mind is so good at what it's doing, it is able to know what you are going to quote-unquote consciously come to a decision on before you are quote-unquote consciously aware of it. Uh, that's tough. Uh, yeah, we're, I'm, I'm going to have to, moving forward, get real good definitions of consciousness and unconsciousness because for any of you that have uh, spent time with yourself enjoying uh, any kind of recreational cannabis, next time you do, I would be curious to hear what you have to say. There's a moment when I'm just spending time with myself, meditating, enjoying myself, where I feel as if I am conscious of thought before it shapes into words or, or auditory you know, sounds in my mind, before it becomes a finished kind of crystalline ding thing in my head, the idea of it is already there. There's a baseline in completion ready to go, and I don't need necessarily to give it form in terms of word or e even specific image. It's a weird kind of a, like a finished pre-thought before the thought thought that I am consciously aware of. So when he talks about well, when the article talks about um, your brain uh, knowing the decision that you're going to quote-unquote consciously make before you make it, cool. What is it that we're defining as consciousness? I should read the article again, really, in its entirety. But seven seconds. <laughs> Off we go. And yeah, it'll be in the show notes. And I, I might even make a little episode lit about that article. No, where was I? Right. Your subconscious mind accepts what is impressed upon it or what you consciously believe. 
It does not reason things out like your conscious mind, and it does not argue with you controversially. Your subconscious mind is like the soil, which accepts a kind of seed, good or bad. Your thoughts are active and might be likened unto seeds. Negative, destructive thoughts continue to work negatively in your subconscious mind, and in due time will come forth into outer experience which corresponds with them. Remember, your subconscious mind does not engage in proving whether your thoughts are good or bad, true or false, but it responds according to the nature of your thoughts or suggestion. For example, if you consciously assume something as true, even though it may be false, your subconscious mind will accept it as true and proceed to bring about results which must necessarily follow because you consciously assume it to be true. Experiments by Psychologists Innumerable experiments by psychologists and others on persons in the hypnotic state have shown that the subconscious mind is incapable of making selections and comparisons which are necessary for a reasoning process. They have shown repeatedly that your subconscious mind will accept any suggestions, however false. Having once accepted any suggestion, it responds according to the nature of the suggestion given. To illustrate the amenability of your subconscious mind to suggestion, if a practiced hypnotist suggests to one of his subjects that he is Napoleon Bonaparte, or even a cat or a dog, he will act out the part with inimitable accuracy. His personality becomes changed for the time being. He believes himself to be whatever the operator tells him he is. A skilled hypnotist may suggest to one of his students in the hypnotic state that his back itches, to another that his nose is bleeding, to another that he is a marble statue, to another that he is freezing and the temperature is below zero. Each one will follow out the line of his particular suggestion, totally oblivious to all his surroundings which do not pertain to his idea. These simple illustrations portray clearly the difference between your conscious reasoning mind and your subconscious mind, which is impersonal, non-selective, and accepts as true whatever your conscious mind believes to be true. Hence the importance of selecting thoughts, ideas, and premises which bless, heal, inspire, and fill your soul with joy. The term objective and subjective mind clarified. Ah, maybe we won't have to go searching for definition. Tell us, Joe. Your conscious mind is sometimes referred to as your objective mind because it deals with outward objects. The objective mind takes cognizance of the objective world. Its media of observation are your five physical senses. Your objective mind is your guide and director in your contact with your environment. You gain knowledge through your five senses. Your objective mind teems through observation, experience, and education. As previously pointed out, the greatest function of the objective mind is that of reasoning. Now suppose you are one of thousands of tourists who come to Los Angeles annually. You come to the conclusion that it is a beautiful city based on your observation of the parks, pretty gardens, majestic buildings, and lovely homes. This is the working of your objective mind. Your subconscious mind is oftentimes referred to as your subjective mind. Your subjective mind takes cognizance of its environment by means independent of the five senses. Your subjective mind perceives by intuition. It is the seat of your emotion and the storehouse of memory. Your subjective mind performs its highest functions when your objective senses are in abeyance. In a word, it is that intelligence which makes itself manifest 
when the objective mind is suspended or in a sleepy, drowsy state. Your subjective mind sees without the use of the natural organs of vision. It has the capacity of clairvoyance and clairaudience. Your subjective mind can leave your body, travel to distant lands, and bring back information oftentimes of the most exact and truthful character. And, you know, triply enough, this was published in the 60s. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Before uh, the project Stargate, and I mean, I think MKUltra was happening in the 60s, so around the same time, but the government was getting in on stuff that absolutely corroborates what he just said there about leaving your body in so many aspects. Uh, you know, government programs were run to train and uh, promote government agents to, uh, and the official term is remote view. So, I mean, that's real, and this dude was talking about it way back when. Your subjective mind can leave your body, travel to distant lands, and bring back information oftentimes of the most exact and truthful character. Through your subjective mind, you can read the thoughts of others, read the contents of sealed envelopes and closed safes. Your subjective mind has the ability to apprehend the thoughts of others without the use of the ordinary objective means of communication. It is of the greatest importance that we understand the interaction of the objective and subjective mind in order to learn the true art of prayer. And prayer is another word. You know, I mean, that's focused intent, focused, relaxed, released intent. I mean, it's really, yeah. I suppose that's why I'm <laughs> one of the many reasons why I'm reading them. The subconscious cannot reason like your conscious mind. Your subconscious mind cannot argue controversially. Hence, if you give it wrong suggestions, it will accept them as true and will proceed to bring them to pass as conditions experiences, and events. All things that have happened to you are based on thoughts impressed on your subconscious mind through belief. If you have conveyed erroneous concepts to your subconscious mind, the sure method of overcoming them is by the repetition of constructive, harmonious thoughts frequently repeated, which your subconscious mind accepts, thus forming new and healthy habits of thought and life for your subconscious mind in the seat of habit. Now, I underlined this while I was reading this oh so long ago. The habitual thinking of your conscious mind establishes deep grooves in your subconscious mind. This is very favorable for you if your habitual thoughts are harmonious, peaceful, and constructive. If you have indulged in fear, worry, and other destructive forms of thinking, the remedy is to recognize the omnipotence of your subconscious mind and decree freedom happiness, and perfect health. Your subconscious mind, being creative and one with your divine source, will proceed to create the freedom and happiness which you have earnestly decreed. The Tremendous Power of Suggestion You must realize by now that your conscious mind is the watchman at the gate, and its chief function is to protect your subconscious mind from false impressions you are now aware of one of the basic laws of mind. Your subconscious mind is amenable to suggestion. As you know, your subconscious mind does not make comparisons or contrasts. Neither does it reason and think things out for itself. This latter function belongs to your conscious mind. It simply reacts to the impressions given to it by your conscious mind. It does not show a preference for one course of action over another. The following is a classic example of the tremendous power of suggestion. 
Suppose you approach a timid-looking passenger on board a ship and say to him something like this, You look very ill. How pale you are! <laughs> I feel certain you are going to be seasick, and let me help you to your cabin. The passenger turns pale. Your suggestion of seasickness associates itself with his own fears and forebodings. He accepts your aid down to the berth, and there your negative suggestion, which was accepted by him, is realized. And he starts blowing chunks. Different reactions to the same suggestion. Now, it is true that different people will react in different ways to the same suggestion because of their subconscious conditioning or belief. For example, if you go to a sailor on the ship and say to him sympathetically, My dear fellow, you're looking very ill. Are you feeling sick? You look to me as if you're going to be seasick. <laughs> According to his temperament, he either laughs at your joke or expresses a mild irritation. Your suggestion fell on deaf ears in this instance because your suggestion of seasickness was associated in his mind with his own immunity from it. Therefore, it called up no fear or worry, but self-confidence. The dictionary says that a suggestion is the act or instance of putting something into one's mind. The mental process by which the thought or idea suggested is entertained, accepted, or put into effect. You must remember that a suggestion cannot impose something on the subconscious mind against the will of the conscious mind. In other words, your conscious mind has the power to reject the suggestion given. Get out of here, suggestion. I reject you. In the case of the sailor, he had no fear or seasickness. He had convinced himself of his immunity, and the negative suggestion had absolutely no power to evoke fear. The suggestion of seasickness to the other passenger called forth his indwelling fear of seasickness. Each of us has our own inner fears, beliefs, opinions, and these inner assumptions rule and govern our lives. A suggestion has no power in and of itself, except when it is accepted mentally by you. This causes your subconscious powers to flow in a limited and restricted way according to the nature of the suggestion. The title of the next section is at the bottom of the page, so it's like a very interesting cliffhanger. How he lost his arm. <laughs> Every two or three years, I give a series of lectures at the London Truth Forum in Caxton Hall. Cool. This is a forum I founded a number of years ago. Dr. Evelyn Fleet, the director, told me about an article which appeared in the English newspapers dealing with the power of suggestion. This is a suggestion a man gave to his subconscious mind over a period of about two years. Quote, I would give my right arm to see my daughter cured, unquote. It appeared that his daughter had a crippling form of arthritis, together with a so-called incurable form of skin disease. Medical treatment had failed to alleviate the condition, and the father had an intense longing for his daughter's healing, and expressed his desire in the words just quoted. Dr. Evelyn Fleet said that the newspaper article pointed out that one day, the family was out riding when their car collided with another. The father's right arm was torn off at the shoulder, and immediately the daughter's arthritis and skin condition vanished. You must make certain to give your subconscious only suggestions which heal, bless, elevate, and inspire you in all your ways. Remember that your subconscious mind cannot take a joke. It takes you at your word. Or as the Joker would say from The Dark Knight, it takes you at your word. Oof, that was no, no. 
mediocre impersonation. Trippy, though. And, I, you know, hey, look, I've had very interesting sequences in my life where I have thought certain things out and they have come to pass. And, uh, you know, again, just another reason why I cannot help but be ravenously fascinated by us as human beings and how we really actually operate. Not just within the confines of modern society, but how we really operate. How auto-suggestion banishes fear. Illustrations of auto-suggestion. Auto-suggestion means suggesting something definite and specific to oneself. Herbert Parkin, in his excellent manual of auto-suggestion, records the following incident. It has its amusing side so that one remembers it. A New York visitor in Chicago looks at his watch, which is set an hour ahead of Chicago time, and tells a Chicago friend that it is 12 o'clock. The Chicago friend, now considering the difference in time between Chicago and New York, tells the New Yorker that he is hungry and that he must go to lunch. Auto-suggestion may be used to banish various fears and other negative conditions. A younger singer was invited to give an audition. She'd been looking forward to the interview, but on three previous occasions she'd failed miserably due to fear of failure. This young lady had a very good voice, but she'd been saying to herself, when the time comes for me to sing, maybe they won't like me. I'll try, but I'm full of fear and anxiety. Her subconscious mind accepted these negative auto-suggestions as the request and proceeded to manifest them and bring them into her experience. The cause was an involuntary auto-suggestion, i.e. silent fear thoughts emotionalized and subjectified. She overcame it by the following technique. Three times a day, she isolated herself in a room. She sat down comfortably in an armchair, relaxed her body, and closed her eyes. She stilled her mind and body as best she could. Physical inertia favors mental passivity and renders the mind more receptive to suggestion. She counteracted the fear suggestion by saying to herself, I sing beautifully. I am poised, serene, confident, and calm. She repeated this statement slowly, quietly, and with feeling, from five to ten minutes at each sitting. She had three such sittings every day, and one immediately prior to sleep. At the end of the week, she was completely poised and confident. When the invitation to audition came, she gave a remarkable, wonderful audition. How she restored her memory. A woman aged 75 was in the habit of saying to herself, I'm losing my memory. She reversed the procedure and practiced induced auto-suggestion several times a day as follows. My memory from today on is improving in every department. I shall always remember whatever I need to know at any moment of time and point of space. The impressions received will be clearer and more definite. I shall retain them automatically and with ease. Whatever I wish to recall will immediately present itself in the correct form in my mind. I am improving rapidly every day. And very soon my memory will be better than it has ever been before. At the end of three weeks, her memory was back to normal. And she, clearly, was delighted. How he overcame a nasty temper. Many men who complained of irritability and bad temper proved to be very susceptible to auto-suggestion and obtained marvelous results by using the following statements three or four times a day, morning, noon, and at night prior to sleep for about a month. Uh, henceforth I shall grow more good-humored. Joy, happiness, and cheerfulness are now becoming my normal states of mind. Every day I am becoming more and more lovable and understanding, and I'm now becoming the center of cheer. 
and goodwill to all those about me, infecting them with good humor, <laughs> not just the ice cream. <laughs> See, uh, this happy, joyous, and cheerful mood is now becoming my normal, natural state of mind. <laughs> hey, I'm grateful. The Constructive and Destructive Power of Suggestion Some illustrations and comments on heterosuggestion. Heterosuggestion means suggestions from another person. In all ages, the power of suggestion has played a part in the life and thought of human beings in every period of time and in each country of the earth. In many parts of the world, it is the controlling power in religion. Suggestion may be used to discipline and control ourselves, but it can also be used to take control and command over others who do not know the laws of mind. In its constructive form, it is wonderful and magnificent. In its negative aspects, it is one of the most destructive of all the response patterns of the mind, resulting in patterns of misery, failure, suffering, sickness, and disaster. Have you accepted any of these? From infancy on, the majority of us have been given many negative suggestions. Not knowing how to thwart them, we unconsciously accept them. Here are some of the negative suggestions. You can't. You'll never amount to anything. You mustn't. You'll fail. You haven't got a chance. You're all wrong. It's no use. It's not what you know, but who you know. The world is going to the dogs. What's the use? Nobody cares. It's no use trying so hard. You're too old now. Things are getting worse and worse. Life is an endless grind. Love is for the birds. You just can't win. Pretty soon you'll be bankrupt. Watch out, you'll get the virus. And again, 1960. You can't trust a soul, etc. Unless, as an adult, you use constructive autosuggestion, which is a reconditioning therapy. The impressions made on you in the past can cause behavior patterns that cause failure in your personal and social life. Autosuggestion is a means releasing you from the mass of negative verbal conditioning that might otherwise distort your life pattern, making the development of your good habits difficult. You can counteract negative suggestions. Pick up the paper any day, or, you know, Google News, and you can read dozens of items that could sow the seeds of futility, fear, worry, anxiety, and impending doom. If accepted by you, these thoughts of fear could cause you to lose the will for life. Don't do that. Knowing that you can reject all these negative suggestions by giving your subconscious mind constructive auto-suggestions, you can counteract all these destructive ideas. Check regularly on the negative suggestions that people make to you. You do not have to be influenced by destructive hetero-suggestion. All of us have suffered from it in our childhood and in our teens. If you look back, you can easily recall how parents, friends, relatives, teachers, and associates contributed in a campaign of negative suggestions. Study the things said to you, and you will discover much of it was in a form of propaganda. The purpose of much of what was said was to control you or instill fear into you. This heterosuggestion process goes on in every home, office, factory, and club. You will find that many of these suggestions are for the purpose of making you think, feel, and act as others want you to, and in ways that are to their advantage. How Suggestion Killed a Man Here 
as an illustration of hetero's suggestion. A relative of mine went to a crystal gazer in India who told him that he had a bad heart and predicted that he would die at the next new moon. Well, he began to tell all members of his family about this prediction, and he arranged his will. This powerful suggestion entered into his subconscious mind because he accepted it completely. My relative also told me that this crystal gazer was believed to have some strange occult powers, and he could do harm or good to a person. He died as predicted, not knowing that he was the cause of his own death. I suppose many of us have heard similar stupid, ridiculous, superstitious stories. Let us look at what happened in the light of our knowledge of the way the subconscious mind works. Whatever the conscious, reasoning mind of people believes, the subconscious mind will accept and act upon. My relative was happy, healthy, vigorous, and robust when he went to see the fortune teller. She gave him a very negative suggestion, which he accepted. He became terrified and constantly dwelt upon the fact that he was going to die at the next new moon. He proceeded to tell everyone about it, and he prepared for the end. The activity took place in his own mind, and his own so-called death, or rather destruction of the physical body, by his fear and expectation of the end. The woman who predicted his death had no more power than the stones and sticks in the field. Her suggestion had no power to create or bring about the end she suggested. If he had known the laws of his mind, he would have completely rejected the negative suggestion and refused to give her words any attention, knowing in his heart that he was governed and controlled by his own thought and feeling. Like tin arrows aimed at a battleship, her prophecy could have been completely neutralized and dissipated without hurting him. The suggestions of others in themselves have absolutely no power whatsoever over you, except the power that you give them through your own thoughts. You have to give your mental consent. You have to entertain the thought. Then it becomes your thought, and you do the thinking. Remember, you have the capacity to choose. Choose life. Choose love. Choose health. The power of an assumed major premise. Your mind works like a syllogism. This means that whatever major premise your conscious mind assumes to be true determines the conclusion your subconscious mind comes to in regard to any particular question or problem in your mind. If your premise is true, the conclusion must be true. In the following example, every virtue is laudable. Kindness is a virtue, therefore, kindness is laudable. Ah, so that's a syllogism. Okay, all right. Another example is as follows. All formed things change and pass away. The pyramid of Egypt are formed things, therefore, someday the pyramids will pass away. The first statement is referred to as the major premise, and the right conclusion must necessarily follow the right premise. A college professor who attended some of my Science of Mind lectures in May 1962 at Town Hall, New York, said to me, Everything in my life is topsy-turvy. I have lost health. I have lost wealth and friends. Everything I touch turns out wrong. I explained to him that he should establish a major premise in his thinking that the infinite intelligence of his subconscious mind was guiding, directing, and prospering him spiritually, mentally, and materially. Then, his subconscious mind would automatically direct him wisely in his investments, decisions, and also heal his body, 
and restore his mind to peace and tranquility. This professor formulated an overall picture of the way he wanted his life to be, and this was his major premise. Infinite intelligence leads and guides me in all my ways. Perfect health is mine, and the law of harmony operates in my mind and body. Quote, Beauty, love, peace, and abundance are mine. The principle of right action and divine order govern my entire life. I know my major premise is based on the eternal truths of life, and I know, feel, and believe that my subconscious mind responds according to the nature of my conscious mind thinking. Unquote. He wrote to me as follows, Quote, I repeated the above statements slowly, quietly, and lovingly several times a day, knowing that they were sinking deep into my subconscious mind, and that results must follow. I am deeply grateful for the interview you gave me, and I would like to add that all my departments of life are changing for the better. Hey, it works. Unquote. The subconscious does not argue controversially. Your subconscious mind is all wise and knows the answers to all questions. It does not argue with you or talk back to you. It does not say, Well, you must not impress me with that. For example, when you say, I can't do this, or I am too old now, I can't meet this obligation, I was born on the wrong side of the tracks, I don't know the right politician, you are impregnating your subconscious with these negative thoughts and it responds accordingly. You are actually blocking your own good, thereby bringing lack, limitation, and frustration into your life. When you set up obstacles, impediments, and delays in your subconscious mind, you're denying the wisdom and intelligence resident in your subconscious mind. You're actually saying, in effect, that your subconscious mind cannot solve your problem. Well, this leads to mental and emotional congestion, followed by sickness and neurotic tendencies and I imagine some pretty gross, goopy snot due to that mental congestion. To realize your desire and overcome your frustration, affirm boldly several times a day. The infinite intelligence which gave me this desire leads, guides, and reveals to me the perfect plan for the unfolding of my desire. I know the deeper wisdom of my subconscious is now responding, and what I feel and claim within is expressed in the without. There is a balance, equilibrium, and equanimity. If you say there is no way out, I am lost, there is no way out of this dilemma, I am stymied and blocked, I am stymied, you'll get no answer or response from your subconscious mind. If you want the subconscious to work for you, give it the right request and attain its cooperation. It is always working for you. It's controlling your heartbeat this minute and also your breathing. It heals a cut on your finger and its tendency is lifeward, forever seeking to take care of you and preserve you. Your subconscious has a mind of its own, but it accepts your patterns of thought and imagery. When you're seeking an answer to a problem, your subconscious will respond, but it expects you to come to a decision and to a true judgment in your conscious mind. You must acknowledge the answer is in your subconscious mind. However, if you say, 
I don't think there's any way out. I'm all mixed up and confused. Why don't I get an answer? You are neutralizing your prayer. Like the soldier marking time, you do not get anywhere. So, still the wheels of your mind. Relax, let go, and quietly affirm. My subconscious knows the answer. It is responding to me now. I give thanks because I know the infinite intelligence of my subconscious knows all things and is revealing the perfect answer to me now. My real conviction is now setting free the majesty and glory of my subconscious mind. I rejoice that it is so. Chapter 2, Review of the Highlights The TLDR version, or too long didn't, TLDL, too long didn't listen. <laughs> 1. Think good, and good follows. Think evil, and evil follows. You are what you think, all day long. 2. Your subconscious mind doesn't argue with you. It accepts what your conscious mind decrees. If you say, I can't afford it, that may be true. But don't say it. Select a better thought. Decree, I'll buy it. I accept it in my mind. 3. You have the power to choose. Choose health and happiness. You can choose to be friendly or you can choose to be unfriendly. Choose to be cooperative, joyous, friendly, lovable, and the whole world will respond. This is the best way to develop. A wonderful personality. 4. Your conscious mind is the watchman at the gate. Its chief function is to protect your subconscious mind from false impressions. Choose to believe that something good can happen and is happening now. Your greatest power is your capacity to choose. Choose happiness and abundance. 5. The suggestions and statements of others have no power to hurt you. The only power is the movement of your own thought. You can choose to reject the thoughts or statements of others and affirm the good. You have the power to choose how you will react. 6. Watch what you say. You have to account for every idle word. Never say, I will fail, I will lose my job, I can't pay the rent. Your subconscious cannot take a joke. It brings all these things to pass. And especially in this period of time, coronavirus time, the I can't pay the rent definitely resonates because I, you know, hey, uh, disclosure, don't have uh, 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 regular um, employment at the moment. So without irritating the fuck out of yourself by saying, oh, I'm going to pay rent for all, you know, it's, I, can, I absolutely understand. Fuck that. I have, how am I going to pay rent? How am I going to pay for food? I imagine the best way, as it referenced earlier, would be my subconscious mind finds the best way for me to thrive amidst this and all situations. My subconscious will reveal answers for the issues at hand. I trust my subconscious mind. There's something. Because, hey, hey, yeah. I feel you, I'm right there with you, this is a very intense time. But again, as referenced earlier, we have a choice. 
and as heavy and hard and gross feeling as choosing something that may at first touch feel absolutely just throw up bullshit wrong. What happens? What happens when we do choose alternatively rather than anxiety, something a little more positive? Anything. What happens? I don't know. I mean, I know what happens to me, and it's not like I'm able to do it every time, but I'm fascinated by the results, which is uh, yet another reason why I'm here, <laughs> which is why I, I hope you're here too. Let's find more wonderful results together. Seven, your mind is not evil. No force of nature is evil. It depends how you use the powers of nature. Use your mind to bless, heal, and inspire all people everywhere. Eight, never say, I can't. Overcome that fear by substituting the following, I can do all things through the power of my subconscious mind. Begin to think from the standpoint of the eternal truths and principles of life, and not from the standpoint of fear, ignorance, and superstition. 9. Do not let others do your thinking for you. Choose your own thoughts and make your own decisions. 10. You are the captain of your soul, your subconscious mind, and the master of your fate. Remember, you have the capacity to choose. Choose life, choose love, choose health, choose happiness. 11. Whatever your conscious mind assumes and believes to be true, your subconscious mind will accept and bring to pass. Believe in good fortune, divine guidance, right action, and all the blessings of life. Okay, we're getting into it. Okay. Oh, and as an update, so I uh, did wake up at 624. Uh, I, did, I didn't set an alarm. I just kept telling my subconscious. I wrote it on my hand. Wake up 6 a.m. And, you know, to be fair, my cat did step on my nuts and wake me up uh, at around 4.33. I do remember that time specifically. Uh, so I did go back to sleep and then I woke up at 6.24. Uh, yeah, hey, look, the conversation is a work in process. And like any relationship, there are going to be many multifaceted levels of getting to know you time. What was that? The King and I? A getting to know you, getting to know all about you, getting to like you, subconscious, getting to know you like me. You like me, subconscious? Okay. Right, so, okay. Fun times. I hope you guys are doing well. Thanks for joining me. And join me again, because this whole being human thing, especially when it's all about the potential and the woo-woo and the fringe, to me, at least, is so much better together. So thanks for hanging out. I talk to you soon, okay? Peace!